Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line. And now, here are your hosts, award-winning influencer and pioneering author of seven books, Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. And again, it's that type of question where you ask that question and you see them go, bloody hell. Now I've understood some of the context of why Colin is talking to me about these things. So that's the education part. You are very focused typically on implementing some policy or, or some procedure. And so you want to get all the details right. But I think your, your point is a good one that, that a lot of times the senior executives have a much more abstract view. It shows a level of engagement, okay? And it shows a level of understanding because they're enhancing your thoughts on things. You've got to let them think. You've got to let them articulate things. You've got to, again, I, I was always taught you have two ears and one mouth and you should use them in that ratio. Ryan, one of the biggest things that I've learned over the last, well, over my career, has been how to deal with senior executives. And I have to say, it's been an interesting journey. But I wanted to share with everybody today five rules for successfully engaging with senior executives to enhance your career. Because the other side is there is a downside. If you don't deal with them in the right way, you can actually, what's the opposite to enhance? In danger, harm? In danger, thank you. Yes, in danger, your career. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a little dramatic, but uh, yeah. look, it's very important. I'm sure this will be very useful to some people. Yeah, maybe it's, this is like the loss aversion bit. Maybe I should. Maybe we should change the title to be the negative. Five rules for making sure you don't endanger your career. How to not ruin your life. Not ruin your life, yeah. Yeah, it's getting positive, this, isn't it? It makes me feel so much better. <laughs> so, anyway, we'll stick with the original title. Positivity was so 2020. We're in 2022 now. <laughs> That's what a pandemic does, mate. <laughs> this for me is a really interesting subject because I, I remember at the beginning of my, of my career was when I first started to meet senior executives, boy, was I bloody nervous. Sure. <laughs> and over the years, I've just learned how to deal with them, basically. And I'm not saying I'm, I'm perfect in any way, but let me try and give you the wisdom of my experience over the years. The first thing is, and obviously doing what we do, we get to see senior executives all the time. I'm always in and out and talking to them. So this is based upon not just uh, theory, but this is based upon my practical advice. And this is what I tell the team. So the first rule is have an opinion. Mm. <laughs> And it, it may sound a bit odd to say this, but what I tell my team is you're paid for an opinion. That opinion can be different to the senior executives, particularly if you're a consultant as, as we are. You've really got to be able to articulate what that opinion is in a decent, brief manner. But if you don't have an opinion, then... Basically, the senior exec is going to smell you a mile away and realize that you're not adding any value 
Uh, now, whether that's you as a consultant or you as an employee, you're therefore in danger of being not received well. Let me put it that way. So do you think that people often don't have opinions or they have opinions and they're just afraid to share them? Like they think that it's a better strategy to try to be a yes man or a yes woman. Do you generally think that, that there are a lot of cases where people just aren't curious and engaged enough to form an opinion? You know, that's a good question, actually. I guess I would break it down into two bits, really. And I know the the audience sort of segments in this way. So there's one part of it, which is, if I was an employee, mm. yeah? yeah? And there's another part of it, which is, if I was a consultant. There's another part of it of, if I were a rich man. <laughs> yeah. Well, you won't be if you don't engage with the senior executives. In <laughs> well, that was very nice. That was, that was a nice callback. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it's been yeah. too long since I've forced a fiddler on the roof reference into the podcast. <laughs> so. And the, the younger part of our audience is also sitting there going, what was that? No, was no, that? fiddler on the roof is eternal. <laughs> Everybody knows. So let me go into that in a bit more depth. What do I mean? So I think if you're an employee, then the danger is, is that you feel that you should be agreeing with your boss because he's the boss, yeah? And particularly if it's a senior executive. Or she, but yes. Or she, thank you. But the issue for me then is if you're doing that, you're not going to enhance your career because a lot of people do that. Too many people do that. The second part is if you're a consultant and you're going in to see a, a senior executive, then you're being paid for that opinion. They're bringing you in because they don't have the expertise and they want you to share your expertise. I think the issue for me here is about being able to have a robust debate, okay? Not an argument, but in my opinion, what senior executives do is rightly so, they want to test your opinion. They want to test your conviction to your opinion. They want to test the theory behind it. They want to test the veracity of your opinion. Therefore, you've got to be able to articulate what it is. And if they if they turn around to you and go, well, no, I don't think it's like that. You know, I think it's like this. Then listen to what they're saying, but then come back to them and go, well, no, yeah, but this is where I think that I was just about to say, don't understand, which I wouldn't say. You know, this is where I need to, you need to consider these items as well that you perhaps don't know about, etc. You've got to be able to defend your position because one thing's for certain is senior executives don't have a lot of time. They're not going to suffer fools gladly. Mm. If you go in there for an hour's meeting and you're coming out after 15 minutes, you know you haven't made the right impression. It's interesting, actually, and I say that, I'm getting excited about the things I say myself. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I guess what I'm also talking about there is what's your body language? Yeah. You know, do you appear confident or are you clearly nervous? And if you are nervous, what does that say about your argument? Again, I'll put a, a link in the show notes, but it, this talks about, this video talks about how people, what's the way that they sit? How do they talk? Do you talk quickly? Do you, and because it's clear that you're nervous and you're not necessarily thinking about all these things, or are you much more relaxed and, and are prepared to, you know, accept what they're doing? I think I've said this before, but one of the best companies that have done this is 
there was a water authority that we did a, a lot of work with and, and they come up with a one word that they used all the time, which I've now used for the last 20 years. And the word that they use is they want to challenge something. Okay. Yeah. So challenge that thinking. So rather than turn around to the senior executive and say, no, you're wrong or mm, sorry, you don't understand, which is clearly aggressive and it's combative, and, uh, combative you, you say, I'd like to challenge that thinking, or I've got a challenge for you on on that, yeah, or, or words to that that effect. Yeah, yeah. Let me offer a different perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And again, in my experience, senior executives recognise the fact that they don't know everything. And this brings us on to uh, rule number two. Remember that senior executives are human, okay? Too many people, in my view, consider them to be superhuman in some way, you know? (laughs) And therefore, what you've got to do is you've got to recognize that clearly they're clever, okay? But they may not understand everything that you talk about. So let me give you an example. One of the things that we talk about is, as you're aware in the audience, We talk about emotions in a customer experience. We talk about behavioral science in a customer experience. Not all senior executives know the detail of that. And therefore, to challenge their thinking, we have to articulate what we mean by that, okay? And to get them to understand things. And effectively, we are educating them, okay? But you gotta recognize that they're clever people and they therefore understand, get these concepts quickly. They can come back and challenge you as they do frequently, okay? But that's typically in the process of getting it right in their brain, but they process that information. In my experience, they process it very quickly. So remember that the senior executives are human. And whilst you're having that conversation, You've got to think at their level, not think at a tactical level, because clearly by the very nature of a senior executive, they're looking at things at a much higher level. They're not looking at things at a a more tactical level. So you've really got to, again, remember to think about things at their level. This is going to be one of these podcasts, mate, where I rattle (laughs) on for four hours and don't allow you to get a word in edgeway. So I'm going to shut up for a moment. No, I, I think that the, the perspective taking is, is a really interesting point and one that, that is applicable more broadly, right? When we, we talk a lot about getting inside the head of your customer and, and looking at the experience from their perspective or looking at the decision from their perspective, this is just applying that same principle to people in your upline, right? Yes. So you are very focused typically on implementing some policy or, or some procedure. And so you want to get all the details right. But I think your, your point is a good one that, that a lot of times the senior executives have a much more abstract view. They're trying to look at how this integrates into the larger company goals. Yes. And so if you're not prepared to discuss at that level, then you may have the greatest tactical plan in the world. Um, and it's just not going to resonate with them because they're not interested in the details. They want to know how does this fit into the, the broader picture. So, yes. yeah, you need to take their perspective. Hey everyone, we've really got a reason to celebrate because we're really on a roll here. Firstly, Beyond Philosophy is now 20 years old. 
Secondly, we've won the Financial Times Award again, and that's for the fourth year in a row. Thirdly, the podcast has doubled in downloads since last June. Yeah, we've doubled the amount of downloads that we've had since last June. So we're really on a roll. To celebrate, we're going to give away some free resources. This includes some of my books, and all of this is a thank you to you, the listener, and to the readers of our newsletter, and to our clients. All of you have made this possible, and I would genuinely like to thank you from the bottom of my heart. All you need to do is to look in the show notes and click on the link that says, we appreciate you. Or you could look at my LinkedIn posts as some of these offers are gonna change over the next few weeks. All we would ask you to do is to pay it forward and tell somebody about the podcast. So thanks very much for listening. It's really been a great year for us so far, and we really wanted to share that with you, our listeners. And I think the other thing I'd build on top of that is they want to see where the advantage lays. A, they want to test that what you're saying is right, but then they want to see where the opportunity lays or the advantage lays. This is one of the things that I've really learned over the last 20 years. And this I find quite an irony, by the way. The higher you go, the simpler the questions become. (laughs) Yeah. And, And what I mean by that is we've developed a series of what I consider to be really simple questions, but are quite profound and make people think and certainly make the senior executive think. And let me tell you what those are. Let me give you three of them. The first question is, what's the experience that you're trying to deliver? And on the face of it, you go, that's a simple question. But most senior executives recognize that they don't know the answer to that and recognize that they, their organization doesn't know the answer to that. Not saying they wouldn't have an opinion of what it is or, or what it should be, but they haven't articulated that. Second question that we ask all the time is, what emotions are you trying to evoke in your customers? And again, it's that type of question where you ask that question and you see them go, bloody hell. Now I've understood some of the context of why Colin is talking to me about these things. So that's the education part. I now recognize that I don't know the answer to that important question. And therefore I recognize that's a whole. And therefore I recognize that that's a hole for us. It's probably a hole for most organizations in our field. And therefore, I recognize there's a potential opportunity or advantage there. Yeah. And, and as I've said before, that processing work from that point to what I've just articulated doesn't take them long to get to, you know. Third key question that we always ask people is, what drives value? Yeah. What gives you the ROI? What part of your experience drives most value for you? And again, what we discover is most organizations can't articulate that. So the interesting bit is the higher you go, the simpler the question that you need to ask. But that question has got to intrigue them. Right. Yeah. 
it, it's got to make them think, bloody hell, I've never thought about that. Yeah. I therefore don't know the answer to that. And therefore, they can, you'll see that the old gray matter going and them connecting 50 million dots, basically. And I, I like your framing it around kind of advantage and value because, yeah, I, I think that that's primarily their job. A lot of uh, people lower in the organization, their primary job is execution. Yes. But these people in that those roles tend to be thinking more at that kind of strategic level. So again, you need to speak to them in the language of their decision making. Yeah. And the, and the other thing, in fact, this is not one I've written down here, but the other thing that, as you say, that made me think of is ideally give them examples. Yeah. Okay. And one of the techniques that we use when we're talking about an emotional experience is I will say to them, you know, what's been the best experience that you've had or what's been the worst experience that you've had? How did that make you feel? Okay, now I'm not necessarily talking about their industry. I'm talking about them personally, okay? Because I believe that when somebody feels that themselves, that gets them to understand things at a, at a much deeper level. The other real good way, and I, I always remember this, I was presenting to a board once, and this was of a large shipping company. I'd done my homework, which is another key thing. You've got to do your homework. And we had acted as a customer, and we had, with their permission, recorded the phone calls that we'd had when we were acting as a customer. And when I went into this board, I was talking to them all about this stuff, and then I played this phone call that I had with them. You could see how bad it was or hear how bad it was, and you could see their reaction to how bad it was. Just again, asking the simple question, which is, how do you think that made me feel as a customer? Do you think that's the type of thing that would make me come back to you? Simple questions. By giving them a, a connecting with them personally and then giving them a, a business example, if you like, or, or from their industry, it reinforces the whole of the, the concept. So you can go in there with clever thoughts, but ideally you, you're doing both. You're going there with clever thoughts, but you're also backing it up with some data as well. Great. Love it. Number four is be concise. You're not going to get along with a senior executive and they're going to make a decision fairly quickly about, you know, it's that classic sort of first impressions thing. They're going to make a decision fairly quickly about, you know, whether you think they think that what you're talking about is uh, right or wrong. Here's another thing I, I forgot to put in my notes here, but some a technique which is, again, is interesting. I always find that when you can get, if I, I typically love being in a meeting and start drawing stuff, you know, concepts or whatever else. And by the way, you're reacting to what the senior executive is saying, okay? So it, this is not a one-way stream of information. This is right. not 27 slides on things. You need to go in with some information, and it could be a, some two or three slides, um, but you've got to also be prepared to throw that in the in the trash um, because they may take you off on a different tangent, and that's fine. It's then your job to, to bring it back. But the key thing is I, I tend to draw things. And what you find is 
if the senior exec or, or any client actually picks up the pen and then starts drawing on your drawing, yeah, it shows a level of engagement, okay? And it shows a level of understanding because they're enhancing your thoughts on things. You've got to let them think. You've got to let them articulate things. You've got to, again, I, I was always taught you have two ears and one mouth and you should use them in that ratio. You've got to let them articulate their thoughts, but then come back with, you know, well, that's interesting, but let me challenge that thinking and, and you know, let me tell you about this. Here's an example of what I'm talking about. Here's an example of what I'm talking about. There's a, there's a concept in stand-up comedy known as reading the room. Yeah. Which is the idea that you come in with your prepared set, but you got to have a feel for what's going on. And if people are not into it, you got to make a change. I, I didn't work in corporate life for very long before I went back to graduate school and got, got a PhD, but it was long enough to have seen several of these meetings with senior executives where, as you said, the person goes in with their 37 slides um, laying everything out precisely, and then the meeting gets blown up immediately because the senior executive wants to get straight to the point. Yes. And I, I saw examples where some people were prepared for that and able to roll with it and say, well, let's cut straight to slide 18 then because that's what we want to talk about here. And I've seen other examples where it fell apart completely because the people had their process and they knew what they wanted to talk about and they kept trying to to force that on the senior executive and that just never went well. No, no, I, I totally, totally agree. That's a really good example because it, it brings me to my fifth rule. The way I would deal with that situation is I would say to them, I think I can generate $10 million for you. You know, that's my slide 18, as you were just talking about. Now you got their attention. Now, now you got my attention. <laughs> okay. Tell me about this $18 million. Yeah. And therefore, the rule is back up your argument with numbers and ideally ROI. Okay. A lot of senior executives are in the position that they're in for a number of reasons. But in addition to that is that they like numbers. They live by numbers. And at the end of the day, what you're trying to do is you're trying to make more profit for the organization, okay? And understanding a senior executives that they've got targets, they've got shareholders that they need to please, they need to stand in front of and do the, the quarterly reporting and tell people what the numbers are, etc. So if you just rock up and go, I think we should be doing this and this is a really great idea and one of the first questions they're going to ask you would be, well, how much do you think we're going to make on it? And they're going to want to see the numbers and want to see how you got there. And they will be able to smell BS miles away. And therefore, again, when we do this stuff, we typically would go in with some research that we've done, typically this emotional signature research, where we can start to prove to them the type of revenues that you could increase to get to the there's, you know, an additional $10 million, $10 million here that you could be getting. But if you don't back up your numbers, if you don't back up your argument with numbers, the first thing they're going to do is, with a better luck, they would turn around and go, well, that sounds interesting, go away and get some numbers. But they're not going to invest in something that isn't based around 
some statistics and um, uh, an evaluation of where you think what the advantage is, the ROI that you can gain. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I, I like that you broke these out separately, but I think we could make the argument that this is just another instance of taking the perspective of that person you're trying to convince, right? So focusing on what matters to them. And, and, and you're right. Usually that is some kind of financial performance metric is what matters to them. So are you speaking to them in that language? Yeah, it's knowing the audience. If I was to summarize and go go back through these and just try to pull the whole picture together is you got to have an opinion. You've got to be able to go in there and go, look, this is what I think. And you've got to be able to defend it. And sometimes you get a senior executives who, who who's really nice. To a certain extent, they're the ones you want to worry about because you know <laughs> that they may be being really nice to you, but actually underneath it, they're, they're looking for the holes in your argument, and rightly so. Yeah. yeah? But you've got to be able to de- defend that argument and you've got to be able to challenge their thinking. You've got to be able to look at it and go, this person doesn't understand you know, this whole area of behavioral science and emotional experience. So you can't expect them to understand all of that and go for something until you've given them some education on it. So mm-hmm. you don't turn around and go, I'm going to educate you on this, but you you give them some examples, they'll get it, and they normally get it pretty quickly. Uh, but you've got to be, therefore, concise and then back it up with with numbers. Yeah, I mean, I like the way that you framed that. A, a lot of this, all of it could just be reframed in terms of understanding your audience and giving them what they need. You're being concise because what they need is to fit a lot of things into their day. You're giving them numbers because what they need is to be convinced in the language that they make decisions in. So yeah, it's a great summary. And the final thing I would say, again, just reinforce, just be confident. I know it's difficult. I I know going in and seeing the CEO, you know, for the first time is difficult. But if you know your stuff, then you'll be fine. You just got to get control of your own nerves. So we actually uh, recently put out a podcast on subliminal and and non-conscious influences. And I think that that plays in here as well. If you walk into a room acting really nervous, the subconscious signal that you're sending is that you are not confident in what you're doing. Everything that we say that applies to customers applies to talking with your senior executives too. So you can look to that podcast as well for some tips on the importance of non-conscious influences absolutely that that would definitely be a good one to check out we hope that's been of use if you want any further information on that or whatever else then please just reach out to us you can contact us at contact at beyondphilosophy.com that's contact at beyondphilosophy.com always happy to engage and, and give advice So we look forward to talking to you next week. Cheers. This has been The Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcasts. We look forward to talking with you next time on The Intuitive Customer.